as one. Nope, I heard it. Rhythm's an interesting thing. It's not particularly difficult to describe or define. It's simply just a repeating beat or tone, right? I mean, everyone knows when they're in rhythm, and most of us know when we're not. (laughs) One thing's crystal clear, though. Not everyone has it. Whether we can keep a beat or not, we can all recognize when something's wrong, when you or the person next to you is out of rhythm. We instinctively recoil when we hear that guy in the back intentionally try to snap on the offbeat. (laughs) And we can all sense when the beat starts to pick up, artificially or otherwise. And I suppose that's an unfortunate thing to have no rhythm. Actually, I don't suppose I know because I don't have any. Snapping's about the extent. You saw the whole bit of Joel's rhythm. And I mourn my unfortunate situation for another but entirely connected reason, and that is I can't dance. I can't dance. Not even close. I can't dance. Uh, Wait, let's define dancing. I'm not talking about 7th grade Sadie Hawkins slow dance, okay? Leave room for the Holy Spirit, you know, okay? I'm not talking about that. I can't dance on my own. I can't dance with a group of friends at some sort of celebration or party or wedding reception or whatever. In my head, I think I'm this. In reality, I look like this. I can't dance because I've got no rhythm. It's so bad now that of all the top ten all-time worst fears of Joel Esch in the history of Joel Esch, number two is the dreaded dance circle. (laughs) Now, why do I tell you this? Why do I reveal the innermost fears, my most intimate terrors. Somehow my folly works as a useful analog to my life in a ho- as a whole. You can see, uh, as you can see, I, I, I can intellectualize rhythm. It makes a whole lot of sense to me. I can hear it. I can even kind of feel it in my bones. But the process, going from hearing the rhythm with my ears to understanding the rhythm in my brain to outsourcing that rhythm to my limbs, something goes wrong. Wires get crossed, 
It's like my arms and legs are saying, hey, we're only doing what you're telling us to do. And my brain's saying, I'm not telling you to do that. <laughs> Walk the moon tells me to shut up and dance. To which I sublimely reply, you shut up. I tell you this because dancing is precisely how I think of my Christian life. Not that my life is without its certain seasons and rhythms, but it demonstrates so clearly the difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it. C.S. Lewis, in one of his proofs for the existence of God, recognized two universal realities at the core of human existence. One, there's such thing as moral behavior. We consistently know what right behavior is. And two, we don't do it. Allow me some liberty with this Romans 7 passage that Pastor Anderson just read. So that you can see how, to, how I kind of start to understand my human predicament a little bit better with this kind of metaphor of dancing. We know that dancing is rhythmic, but I am not rhythmic. Sold as a slave to my uncoordinated limbs... I do not understand how I dance, for how I want to dance, I do not dance. But what is clearly not dancing, I apparently do that. As it is, it is no longer I myself who dance, but it is my uncoordinated limbs that are attached to me. Who will rescue me from my lack of coordination? I know the things I should be doing. I know what hospitality, forgiveness, kindness, charity, goodness... I know what these things are. I know them because from the beginning of time, God has inscribed them on my heart as his design for our being, who we are, how we are to live, what his ways are. But intellectualizing, that's a tough word, intellectualizing these features of the Christian life and community has never provided me the power to actually do them. The power's got to come from something external to me. I must be rescued daily. Welcome to the paradox of the Christian life. We don't become Christian and then expect that our lives magically fall into some sort of perfect order or rhythm. You know, as well as I do, that even after we become Christian, we are one gigantic hot mess. It's clean up on aisle nine with occasional rays of sunshine. The paradox that says, I believe in Jesus, dot, 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 So why is my life so hard? Being an introvert, uh, there's not a whole lot of things about Christian community that appeal to me at times. In fact, there's a lot about Christian community that terrifies me. I'm not a fan of small groups or potlucks. I'm not the guy who runs into coffee hour with shaking hands and high-fiving people. Just high-fiving here is somewhat traumatic for me, I admit. (laughs) Not the guy who makes the late-night pizza runs after Bible study. But I do know two crucially important things. One, the community of God's people show me every single day what the rhythm of God's activity is like. And two, this community is wholly a gift, a reality made real by God for us. It's animated, it's enabled only because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said that Christian community is where the word of God is proclaimed to one another. But he said it in a really unique way, and I'd like you to read it with me here. God has put his word into the... Together? God has put his word into the mouth of man in order that it may be communicated to other men. When one person is struck by the word, he speaks it to others. 
God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother, in the mouth of man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain or discouraged. He needs him bear proclaimer, the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker. His brother, his own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. And this clarifies the goal of all Christian community. They meet one another as bringers of the message of salvation. In essence, Bonhoeffer was proclaiming this particular reality. We're always a mess. But in Christian community, that's not the end of the story. We hear the word of God spoken from our brothers, our sisters, our pastors, our DCEs, our professors, people we care about. And we proclaim it to them. We speak this very word of God, which is the proclamation that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, that he died, that he rose, that he healed that which only he could heal, our relationship to God. That God has known the rhythms of life from the foundation of the world because he himself is the author of that life. That God offers us the gift of community to hear these words, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can't do anything but connected, you're going to bear fruit. It's easy for us to fall into this trap of interpreting our own situation, our messy situation, solely through our own nearsightedness solely through our limited point of view. But our perspective is not really a reliable measure of our own reality. The measure of anything's actual truest reality is bestowed by God, by God himself. When I see the ever-present sin and self-proclaim my reality, my identity as sinner, sufferer, along with all its baggage and hardship, God counters by declaring a reality more real than that. To him, I'm saint. I'm holy. I'm free. To God, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus and therefore receive all the righteousness of Jesus as my primary, my most absolutely true identity. God is altering my rhythm to his own. Now here's when dancing works. Give me my wife. Give me some George Strait, Pat Green, Willie Nelson. You give me a dance hall in Austin, Texas. Oh, shoot, forget that. Give me my kitchen, kitchen floor. Okay? Oh, then we're magic. We're two-stepping. When my wife and I are two-stepping, we're kind of drawing strength from each other's awkwardness. You know, when we're channeling into something beautiful. She'll be the first to admit she's every bit as awkward as I am. But it gets channeled into something beautiful. For me, it's the illustration of God's grace in my home. What a marvelous wonder it is that God would rescue us uncoordinated, rhythmless screw-ups and redeem us into something beautiful, to bear His image, to be a light shining in the dark corners of the world simply because He loved us that much. Because His love is that beautiful. Because He decided to lead the dance. Amen.